for being here tonight. Uh, my name is Mark Storsley. I'm the Lilly Scholars Program Coordinator for Pathways. Uh, and on behalf of uh, my director, Keith Daniel, who I think is, is out maybe searching for a way to uh, try to squeeze a few more folks in here, um, want to thank everyone for coming to our panel discussion, uh, Can a Good Christian Be a Good President, a uh, panel on politics and faith. Um, for those of you who may not be familiar with uh, our work or what we do, Pathways uh, is a ministry at Duke Chapel, and it's about dedicated to helping students discover ways that faith informs their career choices uh, and to help students answer the question, what am I going to do with my life, uh, which is certainly a pertinent one. We offer um, a few different programs, a, a fellows program for recently graduated Duke alumni, uh, a summer internship program for uh, Duke undergraduates, and we facilitate a community of undergraduate students called Lilly Scholars uh, who want to think carefully and intentionally about their future and uh, about their faith. Um, if you want more information about Pathways, there is an email sign-up sheet that I think is, is going around uh, somewhere, so be sure to, to see me or um, afterwards if you hadn't got a chance to sign up for that and uh, find out more about what we do. Um, in keeping with Pathways goals, we've organized this panel to help um, students especially, but sort of anyone who's interested really, reflect on the ways that uh, their faith commitments might inform uh, careers in public service or an interest in public service. Um, and more broadly, what a thoughtful conversation about Christianity and public life might look like. Um, to help facilitate this conversation, we've got some great panelists uh, and great participants. So um, I'll just give short introductions for each, and then I'll uh, turn it over, and we can get the conversation started. Um, our moderator for the evening is Dr. Ian Baucom. Uh, Dr. Baucom currently serves as chair of Duke's English department and holds a PhD from Yale University. Uh, his research interests include British and post-colonialist literature, and he's the author of several books, most recently a co-editor of Shades of Black, Assembling Black Arts in 1980s Britain. Currently, Dr. Baucom leads several seminars in literature, cultural anthropology, and romance studies, and is working on a new book project uh, tentatively titled The Disasters of War on Inimical Life. Um, Dr. J. Cameron Carter uh, is Associate Professor of Theology and Black Church Studies at Duke Divinity School. He holds a PhD in Religious Studies from the University of Virginia and has academic interests ranging from systematic theology uh, and exegesis to philosophy, literature, and cultural studies. Uh, he's currently working on a book project entitled Religion and the Black Intellectual Imagination and is currently teaching courses on Christian theology and black intellectuals in religion. Dr. Peter Fever uh, is the Alexander F. Haymeyer, I want to say, make sure I'm saying that correctly, Professor of Political Science and Public Policy and Director of the Triangle Institute for Security Studies. He holds a PhD from Harvard uh, and has published an array of books and articles on topics uh, ranging from U.S. foreign policy, civilian military relations, and uh, national security. Uh, he's also uh, served as Special Advisor for Strategic Planning and Institutional Reform on the National Security Council staff at the White House. Uh, Ambassador James Joseph is Professor uh, of the Practice of Public Policy Studies and Executive Director of the United States Southern African Center for Leadership and Public Values. Uh, he was nominated by President Clinton and confirmed by the United States Senate in 1995, uh, and he was the first and only American ambassador to present his credentials to Nelson Mandela. Uh, he's also held various positions under Presidents Carter, Reagan, and Bush. Uh, and I should mention also that uh, Ambassador Bush. Joseph, sorry? First Bush. The first Bush, yes, sir. <laughs> Just so we're clear. 
Um, Ambassador Joseph is an ordained minister in the United Church of Christ and has also taught at Yale Divinity School and Claremont Colleges. Dr. Paula McLean, on the end, uh, is Professor of Political Science and Director of the Ralph Buckney Institute. And, thank you. Uh, and holds additional appointments in public policy and African American studies. She holds a PhD from Howard University and her research interests include racial minorities, uh, group politics, and urban politics. She's published widely in political science journals and is the author of Can We All Get Along? Racial and Ethnic Minorities in American Politics, now in its fourth edition. Uh, last but not least, uh, the Reverend Dr. Samuel Wells is Dean of Duke Chapel and Research Professor of Christian Ethics at Duke Divinity School. He's previously served as a parish priest and has also been involved in uh, community regeneration projects in the east of England. Dean Wells holds a PhD from the University of Durham and is the author and editor of numerous books, most recently Speaking the Truth, Preaching in a Pluralistic Culture. He's currently teaching an undergraduate course on ethics in the public policy department. Um, so again, thanks for everyone for coming. Uh, uh, the, feel free to sort of fill in the, fill in the back as need be. Um, and again, grateful to have, uh, have you all here. Um, so without further ado, Dr. Baucom, turn it over to you. And uh, please join me in welcoming everyone. Thanks very much, and thanks to um, all of the panelists for taking time out of their extraordinarily busy schedules um, to be here. Um, I thought that what we would do is begin um, with a question for all. Um, we'll, I'll pose questions for about 45 minutes or so, uh, and then there will be an opportunity for uh, us to take some questions from the audience. Um, so if you'd like to begin thinking about that, um, please do. Um, and to begin, though, and I, I think I'll begin with um, Professor McLean, uh, and then we'll just sort of move down the panel. Uh, we thought it might be helpful for you to talk briefly about um, the position from which you come to the question of the panel tonight. Uh, and the question that's been put before us um, is, can a good Christian uh, be a good president? Um, the question implies uh, that the answer to that is not, in fact, obvious. Um, that there is some tension between these two um, ways of being in the world, um, being someone who subscribes to uh, a Christian uh, belief and being someone who either is a candidate for the presidency um, or exists within a public electoral political domain. Um, and if we could, perhaps, just as the panelists could let us know how they, are, how they are informed by their own faith traditions in answering that question and where they understand the pressing tensions um, between those two, um, those two domains of life to be. Thank you, Ian. I, um, I come to this as an Episcopalian um, from the more liberal wing of the Episcopal Church. And I view um, my form of Christianity and my view of the world as that, that my belief and my belief system is to do good and to address social ills. In, uh, in the world. So if I were to define, I didn't really like this question about a good, uh, a good Christian because I think there is this underlying notion that there's this one definition of what we mean by Christianity and a Christian. We have many different denominations where people come at these questions um, from, from, from very different, different um, perspectives. But there are lots of people that perceive themselves as good Christians that I would definitely not want to see sitting in the White House. 
Now, does that make them not a good Christian? It just means that from my particular viewpoint, particularly if they are an absolutist in the sense that there is a clear demarcation between right and wrong and good and evil, that that to me would not be something that I would want to see. Well, I come at this from a variety of perspectives, and so I won't belabor you with all of them, but uh, I'm a member of the United Church of Christ, uh, liberal wing. There is no other wing <laughs> in the UCC. Uh, I'm an ordained minister in the United Church of Christ. I, my first job was chaplain of the Claremont Colleges in California, and I've taught at Yale Divinity School, the School of Theology at Claremont, and, and elsewhere. Uh, my, uh, I guess my answer to the question, can a good Christian be a good president? It's a provocative question and filled with uh, ambiguity. And in the academic community, you usually start with the ambiguities, but I'm going to resist that. I had the privilege of serving under a president who was a good Christian. I, I served under four presidents, and Jimmy Carter was the first. And I got to know him very well. And Jimmy Carter epitomized what one would have in mind when you talk about a good Christian. Regardless of what you might think of his performance as president, he certainly was a good Christian. Uh, he did all of the things that uh, I would call the microethics having to do with private behavior. Uh, he did all of the things that I would describe as under the macroethics of public values. Uh, he cared about people. Uh, he, uh, he went to church regularly. He took his faith seriously. He didn't just pretend to be a Christian. He was a Christian. And so I would answer the question, I knew a good Christian who was a good president. So I would say yes. <laughs> well, if, if you had to put me in a pigeonhole faith-wise, I, I guess I would be in the evangelical box. Uh, the evangelical, as it's popularly understood. I grew up in two churches, uh, a mainline but evangelical pre, uh, Presbyterian church. Uh, on Sunday mornings and on Saturday nights, there was a charismatic fellowship that my parents led that was in our, our home. And so I grew up with both of those. And I've uh, been in many different denominations uh, over the course of my life, but uh, what they all had in common was that they were all evangelical in some way. Uh, and so my theological thinking about this is, is suffused with that, uh, that perspective. The, in terms of the question, I would broaden it. I think it is uh, very, very hard to be a good Christian and I know uh, none who can do it on their own strength. Uh, so I, I would say that that's about as tough a calling on your own power as there is in the world. The next toughest calling might be to be a good president. I think it's an extremely difficult job. I've worked for two presidents. I've worked for 
uh, in the Bush White House, this Bush White House, and I worked in the Clinton White House. Uh, and I saw up close just how demanding that, that job is. But I think that there are lots of other demanding jobs that are that put in tension one's faith. So I think it's very hard to be a good Christian and a good political science professor. I think it's uh, nigh impossible to be a good Christian and a chairman of the English department, but maybe I, I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I take it back. It's not impossible, it's a nigh impossible. Um, so, so I think vocations like that, the mixing of one's vocation, which I take to be one's uh, answering God's call on your life uh, and one's career, which is whatever pays your salary. Uh, mixing those two is very challenging in every single domain, but the presidency is a uniquely difficult uh, job, and so I would say that that's especially hard. Uh, and um, I'll leave it there. Hello to everyone. My name is, if I can get this over, I don't think it's moving. I'll lean forward. Thank you. Between the two. Um, my name is Jay Carter. I teach in the Divinity School and teach theology there. Um, as to the question, oh, I come from this as a Baptist. Um, we Baptists are funny. I mean, there are many wings of us. I, I'm not a Southern Baptist. I'm adamant about that. Um, <laughs> Um, um, I'm ordained um, as a minister in the Baptist Church in the, in the National Baptist tradition. Um, and I, I guess, politically, I guess I'm hard to nail down. I'm certainly more to the left. Um, though on certain questions, depending on what it is, I might not strike you as more to the left. So it just depends on what the issue is. Um, as to the question of can a good president, can a good Christian be a good president, I mean, there, there are a couple of things sort of embedded inside of this, right? Um, one is, can you be a good Christian? Um, that's a hard question. I mean, I, I, I would concede that I think Jimmy Carter is exemplary as a, as a good Christian who was a public servant. Um, but I think it's hard to be a good Christian. I think you have to actually, you got to work at this. Um, we are in a social space where it's often difficult to act out good Christianity. So I, I don't think that this comes naturally nor necessarily easily, but that doesn't mean it can't happen. Um, and then there's the other question, a good president. Um, I actually think that that's also difficult to do. Um, we're also in a social space in a political environment where there are many forces conspiring against that happening, but I think that can happen too. And then of course, aside from the abstract question of can one be a good Christian, and can one be a good president, there's the very concrete question of the political environment that we're in right now. Um, and the subtext of our political environment right now is really the question around the Christianity of this black man next to the Christianity of somebody else he's competing against who also lays claim to Christianity who happens to be a white man. Um, never before in the history of our country have we had that kind of head-to-head. -head. So often refracted inside of good question, good good um, good politics, good presidency, so on and so forth, is is this racial sub question, um, and it operates on many levels because it also operates not just at the top of the ticket, right, but also the second position of the ticket, because we've got somebody there who lays claim to being a good Christian, 
um, and praise that God would lead the country, and so on and so forth. Me, myself, my own, my own political as well as theological leanings are really suspicious about that kind of thing. But nevertheless, we've got those claims going on too. So inside of the broad macro questions of the intersection of religion and politics, there are the concrete dimensions of that question in this particular moment, in this particular juncture in our country's history. And when we throw that in, it gets even more combustible. Um, I come from an established church, and I live in a country where there isn't an established church, so I have very little to say. <laughs> um, but I'm going to say two things anyway. Uh, which, uh, given that I don't have much to add on the central question to my colleagues, um, I want to say two things about politics. One which makes it, um, well, two things that make it difficult for Christians to engage in politics, uh, particularly in this culture, but I'm really talking about the West generally. Um, the first is that there's a widespread assumption that politics is fundamentally about the distribution of goods which are fundamentally scarce. Uh, that, that's almost universally agreed. This is the richest country in the history of the world, and yet our political discourse is dominated by the language of scarcity. Uh, that there aren't enough resources, there isn't enough information, there isn't enough wisdom. Uh, and I would say that's fundamentally a theological claim, uh, because it comes back to the notion that there isn't enough revelation. And that's fundamentally predicated on the notion, I would suggest, that there isn't enough God. Uh, and so, to use the language of theology, our political discourse is largely about theodicy. That's to say, it's trying to find good ways to get God out of the hole that's made by God not having done a good enough job making us and redeeming us. Hence, we have all these problems. Uh, and so, politicians are kind of theologians who are trying to, uh, to rescue the situation in a situation of fundamental scarcity. Now, I think that's a fundamental theological mistake. Uh, I think the problem in the world is that God hasn't, not that God hasn't given us enough, it's that God has given us too much. Uh, our imaginations simply aren't big enough to take in the too much that God has given us. All we can see is scarcity. Uh, and to enter general political discourse in this country, one has to assume the language of scarcity, because that's the language that everybody speaks. And so I think Christianity is fundamentally in tension with that discourse. Uh, and that makes it difficult for Christians uh, and the second thing that makes it difficult for Christians is that Christians are inclined to be keen to talk the language of good, so keen that it appears twice, not once but twice in the question for this evening. Uh, that suggests that Christians have a stake in the word good. However, uh, in the consensus, which the title of Paula's favorite book uh, 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 is concerned with, in the consensus of how we're all to get along, the conventional answer to the question of how we're all to get along in this diverse society is that we avoid using the word good. We just take the word good off the table because we're aware we have such conflicting and different notions of good. Uh, it becomes very difficult then, rather than politics be a matter of the best use of the superabundant gifts of God, in other words, a discourse about goodness, uh, politics instead becomes something we can all agree on which is the carving up uh, more or less, uh, as, as, uh, as less unjustly as possible, 
of the scarce resources of the world. So, in a sense, Christians are only welcome to join that conversation if they accept the rules of that conversation, which is don't use the word good because it's a value judgment, uh, and accept the fact that the world, that the things that we're going to talk about are things that are fundamentally scarce. Trouble is for Christians, the things that are interesting to talk about are things that there are actually too much of. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and so on. But love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness are non-legitimate subjects for political discourse in the discourse that we're talking about, and that's what makes it difficult for Christians to participate. 